We know Taco Bell's food is great. They've even got a whole new cantina menu with fresh new ingredients. Taco Bell is not just for late night anymore with fresh new ingredients like slow roasted chicken, pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. Taco Bell is a great destination for your midday fuel. They have amazing menu items like cantina chicken tacos, burritos, and quesadilla. I truly do love Taco Bell. I love a Crunchwrap Supreme. It is one of my favorite things to eat. Ooh, don't wait till it's late. Try the new cantina chicken menu now. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now, like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. you date me a podcast where me and nicole byer was trying to figure out why i'm still single but guess what did over 100 300 episodes there's no answers we don't know so i'm just gonna talk about love and shit with people that i think are funny my guest today is a hilarious comedian are you on the are you on the are you on the apps i'm on all the apps eric andre okay sorry i interrupted you too i, I interrupted it's okay your, go ahead go it's ahead. just your intro okay <laughs> the person you just heard <laughs> is my guest and he's a hilarious comedian and creator behind the Eric Andre show. He now hosts the podcast Bombing, a show about bombing from iHeartMedia and Will Ferrell's Big Money Players Network. Ooh, I'm so excited for him. It's Eric Andre. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Wait, can you whistle? Can you whistle no. with your fingies? Nope. Me either. <laughs> no idea how anybody does that. <laughs> I have no idea how people do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm not talented. People blow my mind. Pe- <laughs> people also blow my mind. Eric, to answer your question, I'm on all of the apps. I'm on Raya, Hinge, uh, Bumble, Tinder. Bumblefuck. But I'm on Bumblefuck. I tried to get on Field, which is a kink app. And I was on it, but a bunch of people knew who I was. You know what Field used to be called? What? It used to be called Thrinder because it was Tinder for three ways. And then Tinder got sued. Well, I'm going to give him a cease and desist. Wait, really? Yeah. That's very funny. Thrinder. Honestly, it's kind of a hard name to just say. I'm on Thrinder. What are you eating? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? What did you put in your mouth? Couldn't tell you. Well, it looks like some sort of salad. Or maybe a sandwich of sorts? Fish dip. Fish dip? Why don't you have um, your friends set you up on dates? Because every time I ask somebody to set me up on a date, they go, oh, I do know a single person. Actually, they're the worst person I've ever met, and they're single for a reason, and they're garbage. (laughs) That's why. Eric, do you have someone you can set me up with? Would you date another comedian? I think so. The question is, would another comedian date me? I feel like a lot of comedians are trying to date up um, or like date very beautiful ladies. Not that I'm not beautiful. I think I am beautiful, but I don't think I'm traditionally beautiful. I'm not white with blonde hair and blue eyes and, and a, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, comedians, I feel like don't really date comedians. I feel like when we were younger, we did. Like in my 20s, I feel like everyone kind of dated each other. And then I think 30 to 40, you kind of age out of that. And you're like, I got to find somebody with a normal life 
who's not trying to write jokes all the time, yeah. who can bring something different to my life. What about having your parents set you up on a date? They're dead. So they'd be setting me up with a ghost, <laughs> and I'd have to go, boo. Both are, both are dead? Both are dead? <laughs> yeah, both of them are dead. Nah, my mom shit, died I'm when sorry. I was 16. My dad died when I was 21. It's okay. I'm That's sorry. what life is. I'm sorry. It's just a series of fortunate and unfortunate events. Why don't you make a vision board? Well, I'm reading this book right now call, called uh, Calling in the One, and I think that's going to be part of it because in the beginning she was like, you better head to Michael's and go get some supplies, and one of the supplies was like cardboard and magazines and glue, so I think I'm going to be making a vision board soon. I bet you make your, you make a vision board and you find your boyfriend. Have you ever made a vision board? No, but I'll, I'll come into your house uh-huh. with a glass of Chardonnay and let's make our Ooh. vision boards together. All right. I love this idea. I also love that that? one glass of Chardonnay. I have made vision boards before. I made not a glass, not a glass, a bottle. Perfect. I do love a bottle. I love white wine. A Sauvignon Blanc is my favorite, but I do love a buttery shard. Yeah, I made a vision board in my early 20s, and then everything came true on it. And it was just like in my room above my dresser. So I saw it every day. I'm telling um, you. And I don't know why I haven't done another one. I'm Eric, telling you. I'm coming over. this is a very over. good idea. A couple of things of wine. We make a vision board. You put it down your ideal man. You get images of whoever. Hugh Grant, Idris Elba, whoever you're into. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. I love me some Vin Diesel. Really? That's your type. Yes. He was my... I don't think it was like my sexual awakening. I think that happened way earlier, but I just remember when the Fast and the Furious came out, I was like, oh, this man is my everything. People liked Paul Walker, but I was like, no, Vin, Vin Diesel Vin did it for you, huh? He did it for you, huh? (laughs) He did. I find him to be so fucking hot. And I still still find him very hot. That's the last thing (laughs) I thought you would ever say. I know people don't believe, but I think he's just like so genuine and so nice. And I think he would be <laughs> really. I think he'd be a very caring. Lover. Why do you? Why do you think any of that? Well, his posts on Instagram are just so genuine. Like he posted a picture with him and his dog, and he's like, "Man, I'm so lucky to have this dog in my life and the support of all my fans." I find that I. Uh-huh. <laughs> Your face. I, and he's always <laughs> uh. <laughs> he's always he's always thanking people in his life, and I I kind of like someone who is very earnest, very earnest in what they believe in, and very earnest with what they share. I yeah, I just think he's a wonderful man. You don't think so? Um, I don't know. I give him the benefit of the doubt, but I don't think he I don't think he exudes. <laughs> he doesn't exude oh my god he's so sweet and down to earth uh, you know i don't know there's no way there's no way he can be is he single no i believe he has a wife and kids and stuff which you know is upsetting for me wasn't he dating michelle rodriguez yeah during like the first couple of fast and the furious movies they were dating and then they broke up what a mess i don't know why I mean, Michelle, I think it's very, very silly of her to give up a Vin Diesel person in her life. You know, she might have not given up. He might have gave her up. Maybe. You know what? I actually don't know. Eric, have you ever broken up with someone? I have. And how do you deal with it? It sucks. I'm really bad at it. I hate it. I hate it. And I tiptoe. I don't. I, it, it takes me forever to do it. I've never sucks. broken up with someone. I've it. only been broken up with, and it does suck. It's horrible. I hate it. I fucking hate it. Yeah. And I've only been broken up with, and the times I've been broken up with, most of the time, I would say 90% of the time, I also was like, this isn't going to work. But for whatever reason, I'm like, maybe it will. And then my feelings are hurt. But then like a couple months later, I'm like, well, you didn't really like that person. And life has gone on, and you didn't pass away. Wait, should we do makeovers after a vision board? Should we go shopping? I would love that. We could go shopping for nice, fun, slutty outfits. Vision boards in the morning, shopping in the afternoon. I like it. It sounds like a nice, good day. Then we get a laser eye surgery at midnight. 
Eric, no, that's where I draw the line. <laughs> I'm scared of LASIK eye surgery. Uh, nah, you'll be fine. Have you had it? Yeah. Okay, here's the thing. It's a laser going right into your eyeball, and I'm sure it gets fucked up a percentage of the time, and I'm scared about being the percentage of a time. My doctor's great. All right, maybe I'll go to your doctor. Eric, who was your first crush? When I was little, Paul Abdul. Oh, that's a good crush. First celebrity crush or first actual crush? Both. Uh, when I was in pre-K, this is the first time I remember being attracted to a girl. There was a this like, cute little Dominican girl in my pre-K class. And I remember mm-hmm. having fantasies about us like, I was like, I don't know why, but I really want to get naked with her in the bushes together. Like primal, <laughs> primal four-year-old fantasies. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. time. I was like, time stands still when she walks by. And then <laughs> when I was five years old, Paul Abdul straight up now tell me came on the MTV. And I was like, oh man, I would love to hang out with Paul Abdul. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> And then I would get a boner. I'd be like, Mom, why, why is my pee-pee big? And she'd be like, oh, that means you're tired. Go to bed. And I'd be like, go to bed? I'd be like, I don't feel tired. <laughs> I feel quite the opposite. You're exhausted. Go to sleep. Yeah, she's like, uh, go to your room and go to sleep. And I was like, I'll try, but <laughs> kind of feel like I have a lot of energy all of a sudden after this Paul Abdul video came out. That's very funny to tell your kid, just go to sleep. You know, don't worry about it. Just go right to sleep. Yeah, I want to explain a thing to, to you. Go to sleep. <laughs> And then I don't have to deal with it. Now, am I your first? Am I your first guest to eat his lunch during the? Yes, <laughs> you are. Actually, no. I had one other guest eat. I think a salad. But you know, when you're hungry, why wait? That's right. Um, I think my very first celebrity crush was uh, uh, Captain Picard from Star Trek, and then my first real life crush was a, a kid in um, kindergarten. And I just remember being like, I want to be his friend and I want him to give me attention and I want him to like maybe kiss me or something. Um, But he never did anything of the sort. Uh, It was an unrequited love. He was not interested in kissing. He was interested in playing in dirt. So that didn't work out. When did you lose your virginity? I was older. I think I was 21 because I was living in New York. So yeah, I think I was 21. How old were you? Seven years old. Seven? <laughs> I'm just <joking. laughs> Eric, I was like, I don't think that was losing your virginity. I think that was called something else. No, it was to another seven-year-old, and we made love. We were, we were married ever since. Oh, no. <laughs> no, um, 16, in between the summer, between 10th and 11th grade. Okay. I feel like that's like a normal time for when people lose it. Yeah, it was a gal in my high school. She was like, hey. This is my number, and you're calling me this weekend. And I was like, well, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and I, I didn't call her. And then the next week, she was like, I told you to call me. And I was like, oh, right away. I love this. She's a bully. Yeah. Being a bully has never worked for me, but it seems like it worked for her. Worked for her. I mean, I mean she gave it to me straight. <laughs> so, okay, your first time... Do you remember being like nervous or were you like, oh, I know exactly what I'm doing? Pretty nervous because my mom was going to come home and I wasn't allowed to have a girl over and the door closed. Mm-hmm. So I had a girl over and the door was closed, but my mom wasn't home yet. So I was trying to have sex as like, fast as possible. And it was the first time I ever been gone in one. So it was like, this feels weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did it. Everybody's story is like, I came in two seconds the first time I had sex. It was the opposite for me. I couldn't come because it was like, I was too nervous that my mom was going to come barking mm-hmm. upstairs. What are you doing? I was like, oh, oh, oh. And I had like a three disc CD player playing Sublime and Ghostface Killer back to back with like long, awkward pauses between each CD. <laughs> <laughs> totally killing the mood. <laughs> that's funny. I like that's, I think, a, a good memory and a funny first time. A race against the clock, yeah. sublime playing, a bully being like, come, yeah. come on, come. First time wearing a condom could have feel my member. Condoms are, you know, good to wear. But I'm always like, 
You know, guys are always like, it feels better without it. Does it really? Does it like actually feel better without it? Yes. That's so funny. I've never asked anyone that question. (laughs) Night and day. Really? But it's so thin. Ain't nothing like the real thing. Is that the song goes? <laughs> you know, it doesn't feel good. Uh-huh. Disease and unwanted pregnancy. That feels bad. But Yeah, I don't want no diseases, and I sure don't want a kid, which I think is the ultimate disease. It's a disease of the world. <laughs> don't want one. Ew, they're hard to cure once they're out. No, there's no cure. No vaccine. No. <laughs> uh can I ask about ask AMA? Ask me anything. Okay. Before you got into comedy, you were in a band called Blarf. And what made you want to get into music? I was in the music when I was five years old. I played piano. Wait, are you fluent in piano? I was when I was little. I didn't keep it up. Piano and um, tuba, I played cello, upright <laughs> bass. I went to college for, uh, I went to a jazz school for upright bass. Mm hmm. My degree is in jazz music. And what are the ladies like in a jazz school? Non-existent. Oh, is it just a bunch of men playing playing the bass and shit? Women hate jazz. It was a 93% male <laughs> student body population. Honestly, very funny. <laughs> Women hate jazz. Women hate jazz music with a passion. <laughs> I don't really like jazz music. I don't get it. It's like it's a little too chaotic. Ch- uh, it's nails on chalkboard. For women, it's like women repel it. Yeah, I don't get it. Women carry around pepper spray to defend themselves against men. Men should carry around like a jazz album to defend themselves against women. (laughs) God, that's funny. Hold on. We have to take a break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash date me today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash date me. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's it's better and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions and flirt with the locals. Me encanta muchacho. Without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oobop, bebop, we're back. Okay, so... You <laughs> that was fucking insane, dude. 
That was like jazz. That was like that was like you were having a stroke. (laughs) Oh, but I'm okay. Um, So after you studied jazz and shit, what made you want to start doing? Yes, yes, yes. Ice cream, so good. (laughs) What made you want to start doing comedy? I went to school in Boston. Mm-hmm. My band was playing at all these bars and open mics, and I would always see like flyers for open mic comedy night at the same venue my band, my band was playing at the same venue as my band was playing at. So I just did it on a whim. I was like class clown every year since kindergarten. Mm-hmm. So I just gave it a shot, and I fell in love with it right away. I comedy is an interesting thing, I think, because when. People who love it and are good at it, when you finally do it, you're like, oh, shit, I don't want to do anything else. This is it. It's kind of like what I assume uh, hard, hard drugs are, where you're just kind of chasing that high all the time. Uh, Have you ever done hard drugs? Um, I think the hardest thing I've done is like uh, Percocet or Oxycontin. I would say it's pretty hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Alcohol, have have you ever had alcohol? I've had alcohol a couple of times. Alcohol's a hard drug. Is alcohol a hard drug? My friend's a drug scientist. He says the only two drugs you won't do are alcohol and Oxycontin. As far as like toll on toll. Wow. Alcohol is the only um, withdrawal you can die from. Oh, shit. That's actually wild. Yeah. There's been days where I've been real drunk, having a nice time. And then the next day I'm like, oh, am I going to die? Yeah. I really feel like I'm going to die. So alcohol is ethanol and your liver converts ethanol to this toxin called acetaldehyde. So it's like you're already drinking a toxin and then your liver converts it to an even worse toxin. And that's what the hangover comes from. And it's this cancerous toxin called acetaldehyde. It's really bad for you. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's very cancerous. That's terrible. I wonder if I'll stop drinking from that. Well, it's one of the most dangerous drugs out of most drugs. I mean, it's not great. It's also wild that it's so it's like legal and you can get served up until you can't walk. Yeah, well, the government doesn't care about your safety. The government cares about making money. So, if they care about your safety, you would be able to get AR-15s and bullets, pills, and bourbon at every Walmart. No, you're absolutely right. But it's weird that they won't just legalize and tax marijuana. Yeah, it's happening slowly. But uh, they tried to make alcohol illegal. They had a prohibition. Against it, and it yeah, was in the dis- 1920s, right? Yeah, it was a disaster. So they tried. What's your favorite um, alcohol? I like rum. Oh, I also like rum. I like it specifically when I'm in like tropical locations. What'd you do yesterday? Yesterday? What'd you, what'd you do for West Indian break yesterday? Yeah. I did not go. I instead went to a game night. Oh, I did juve at like seven in the morning. I was fucking drenched in paint. Ooh, that sounds like fun. Yeah, it's around Crown Heights and Leopard's Gardens. Jerking nutcrackers all and shit. Ooh, a nutcracker is nice. I like drinking those on the beach. That's why I'm that's why I'm that's why I'm so hungover today. <laughs> well, thank you for rallying and doing the podcast. Yeah, of course. I, I I'm gonna take uh, ninety days off drinking. Ninety days? That's a good amount of time. I'll do like thirty days at a time. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, I like to take a month off. So I'm just like 90 days is a full liver reset. So I want to try it. 90 days. So 30 days. Yeah, I'll do remember September. I'll do sober October. And I'll do no drink November. And then Christmas rolls around and you can get fucked up for Santa. That's right. I want to like <laughs> phase alcohol out of my life. I don't want to ever stop drinking entirely, but I want to like dial mm-hmm. it way back. I don't like it that it's like the norm. I agree, because whenever I stop drinking, I'll go out to eat, and then I'll be like, what would you like to drink? And I'm like, a glass of rosé, and then I have to be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not drinking. And then I feel weird, because I'm like, this surfer doesn't give a shit and doesn't need to know my business. Nobody cares. Anybody peer pressure, you knew that peer pressure lasts like two seconds. Nobody cares. Yeah. But still, I feel weird that I can't just be like, oh, water's fine. Do you know what I mean? Server definitely doesn't care. I mean, they'd like to make more money on drinks, but outside of that, yeah, ultimately, they're like, live your life, friend. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Did you see Beyonce when she was in New York? No, I saw Beyonce a while ago in the Rose Bowl, but uh, not recently. You missed out. It was very good. I donned my all silver, and I went on Saturday. It was delightful. Wow. And I was sitting next to uh, just a man who was there by himself. 
I couldn't tell what what he was into. I couldn't tell if he was gay or not, but he was alone at Beyonce. He was white. He had no rhythm and was dancing so hard. It was delightful to see. Um, and then he kept going, yeah, yes. And then when Church Girl came on, he went, take me to church. <laughs> he, he made me laugh so hard. And then as soon as the concert was over, he was gone. Because I wanted to talk to him after and be like, how did you end up here alone? But he faded away. You should have followed him home. I really should have. He could have been my new husband. <laughs> I mean, a man who goes to see Beyonce alone. That's I'm into that. That sounds nice. But when he said, take me to church, I truly fell out. It was very fun. <laughs> take me to church. Yeah, if you took video of him, you'd got to post it or send it to me. I did it. I didn't take any videos uh, of him. I didn't want to like ruin his experience because he was having such a nice time. Uh, Eric, I have a question. Yeah. When you were like, when you toured, you toured a lot, right? You're not touring right now, but. I'm about to tour again. Yeah. Oh, you are? I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm taking out the tour in October. Yeah. Well, in your touring heyday, did you ever run into chuckle fuckers? Oh, uh, no, not really. I mean, my comedy is so loud and kind of gross and violent. <laughs> I don't think women are into Really? Yeah, my 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 dad was predominantly men. Interesting. That's so interesting to me because I feel like most male comedians have lots of ladies who throw themselves at them after shows and shit. After my shows, I am so tired. I'm like the opposite of Molly Crew. I'm so tired. I am in, I'm drenched in sweat and exhausted, and all I want to do is shower, mm-hmm. put on dry clothes, eat whatever decent place is still open and go right to bed. Mm. And then I'm worried about getting to the next sh- next venue on time, sound checking. I want to listen to the recording of the previous night on the drive to the new- next venue. Mm-hmm. Figure out what I could tweak. It's work. You know, for a band, it's different than a comedian. A band has already rehearsed those songs, put those songs out, and now they get to celebrate the album by playing it live, and they got that all the songs and their set was locked in, and they kind of, kind of like thrown it in. Comedy, the album comes out last. You're like building mm-hmm. a set, building a set, building a set, building a set, and then once you record those jokes, they're done forever. It's like you put out the album or the special, and those jokes are done forever. So it's like the opposite. You don't get to enjoy the road like a musician because you're uh, you're writing. You're writing mm-hmm. from the road. The road is a lot more uh, work. Uh, but on top of that, I was exhausted after the show. Mm-hmm. I also am tired after shows, and sometimes people will be like, come out, and I'm like, no. And then sometimes I'll be like, okay. In Nashville, I'll always go out. Nashville's fun to go out in. Yeah, I mean, like, there's weekends built into the tour, and then, like, sometimes I'll go out, and, like, so I get sick a lot on tour. Like if I start drinking and stuff like that, it just makes me mm-hmm. want to like shit up. Yeah, and being on planes and I'm stuff. S- yeah, I'm such a fuddy duddy. A fuddy duddy. Where did the idea for the Eric Andre show come about? I was broke. I didn't. I I, I couldn't book an audition to save my life. I had like this idea of all like this, just. Uh, this like jambalaya of all my influences swirling around my head. I wanted to do a, like a an Arctic talk show. I loved like all the mock talk shows, like Ali G show, Tom Greer show, and Jimmy Glick. And I mm-hmm. love the pace, the editing pace of Wonder Shows them. So I wanted to like combine all that, uh, all of my influences into one talk show. And I, I got it. I, I filmed like a dummy version of it, a proof of concept, like when I was whatever, 26, and I got it into the hands of Mike Lazo, though so many loved it. And they had had his on choice in Space Ghost, so there was like a void for it. So it just all worked out. That's nice. Yeah. That's a nice story. Yeah. You came up with it. You said, I want to do it. Yeah. They said, we got space for it. That's you it. You could do it. That's it. It's a really funny show. It's like absolutely... <laughs> chaotic and really fun to watch. Uh-huh. And a lot of times I'm just like, how? How did you come up with that? <laughs> Lots of coffee. Lots of coffee. Tons of caffeine. That makes sense. Caffeine will get you anywhere. Yeah. So will cocaine. 
Yeah. I don't know what that, but I don't know if it will get you anywhere. Cocaine will get you everywhere. I don't know if it will get you anywhere and everywhere, but it'll get you somewhere. <laughs> cocaine will get you everywhere. You've never heard that before? Cocaine will get you everywhere. I did not know that. Maybe maybe I'm missing out. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you're actually missing out. Cocaine is just fine. <laughs> Eric, my listeners, they sometimes submit questions seeking advice. And I'm going to read to you some questions, and we're going to try to help people. Great. Okay. Lisa says, when I see an ex when I'm out, I'll cross the street, leave wherever I am, do my best to actively avoid them, etc. I don't want to interact with them at all, and I don't care how they're doing, even exes from years and years and years ago, like a guy I dated in high school. I don't think about exes often, but when it comes up, I have strong feelings of anger, repulsion, and hate. What do you think's up with that? How do I get over it? Do I really hate myself? Well, it depends on how who those people were and if uh, how, how those relationships ended. If those people were really like nightmarish, toxic, or the relationship ended in a toxic way, then they, you have a strong case to like avoid that and then jump in over and get the fuck out of it. Plus, it's just awkward. Maybe you just want to avoid awkward mm-hmm. awkwardness and that silly dance. But I don't know. There's kind of not enough information to totally. If it's just like no matter whether the relationship ended on a sweeter softer side or a more uh toxic side and no matter what they're having that reaction then i don't know maybe that's something to look at i wouldn't worry too much about it because it's not like they're constantly running into exes and it is it is awkward running into exes you don't know what to you don't know what to say so i don't blame this person for having that reaction but like are all the has she only been in nightmare relationships uh, or the, or are these people kind of fine and she's overreacting? I don't know. I don't know. That's a therapy session or two or three. That, that might be a therapy session. I think it's fine to have strong feelings of anger, repulsion and hate, especially if it's like they ended it or like you were saying it's toxic or whatever. Um, I'm all about only having a nice time and leaving when you're not having a nice time. And if you don't think you're going to have a nice time when you're out seeing your ex, then yeah, fucking leave. Get out of there. Yeah, get the fuck out of there. Who cares? Yeah, if I see, I haven't done that with an ex, but I've done it with like, um, if this wasn't a romantic ex, this was like an ex business partner. I went to mm-hmm. a, uh, I went to like a food event and saw him out of the corner of my eye. I went right back to my car and left just because yep, I'll do that. Yeah. That was, it's like not worth making like this fake small talk with him. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, how you been? It's like that. Come on. So I didn't feel like doing that. Yeah. And I just got out of the situation. Like so a, I don't care hard. how you've been. Yeah. And, I don't uh, care how you've been. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care how you've been. I don't, you know, I don't want to be in the same room with you. So like you were really made my life a living hell and, uh, I have to go. So, yeah, you know. I I'm a very big proponent. I don't know. I I uh, I'm a very big advocate of just fucking leaving. If somebody's making you uncomfortable that you don't want to see, just fucking get out of there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Real quick, we gotta take a break. Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that. Everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. I live by routines, but I especially love my same-day delivery routine with Shipped. And my shopper knows this about me. When Sunday rolls around and I place my weekly stock-up order, Joe sends texts from the aisles. Wilted lettuce? Nah, hard pass. Deal on my favorite sparkling water? Whew. Grab two. 
Fresh flowers just because? Hmm, sounds like a delightful idea. If you love routines that work for you, get shipped same day delivery. Shipped, delight in every delivery. Learn more at ship.com slash hi. Eric, I have a question. When yeah. do you know that you're in love? I think um, you know that you're in love when... Uh, it's such a great question. I mean, love is a neurochemical con job, so it's hard to say, but... Um, I think, you know, when you're in love, when you're, I think it's more of a feeling. I don't think it's a right brain. I don't think it's like an academic thing. I think it's like a, a left brain thing. I think it's like you guys can not just finish each other's sentences, finish each other's jokes. Mm-hmm. If you guys can just laugh together and finish each other's jokes and it's just, it's just going and it's just, you're on the same wavelength and there's an ease to it. So there's going to be bumps in the road, but I think if you guys are just dancing the same dance and it feels like um, kindred spirit kind of shit, then I'd say that's pretty damn fucking special. That does sound nice. Yeah. I'm always worried about like when you ask somebody like, hey, do you only want to date me? Uh, because I've asked a couple people that and it hasn't gone well. So I never well, know. Maybe, like, you're, uh, maybe you're asking prematurely or what? Maybe. I usually wait like three or four months. And that feels long enough. Yeah, I don't know. It takes a while to get to know somebody. Maybe, maybe you're phrasing it. Maybe you're phrasing it in a weird way. Like Maybe you could just be like, hey, I want to know what we're doing. Do you want to be exclusive or not yet? Or something. I don't know. Maybe. I usually just go, hey, are you seeing anybody else? Because if if you are, do you want to not do that anymore? <laughs> yeah, maybe I got to change my tactic. Yeah, I don't know. It depends on how long you're willing to live in that ambiguous space before it's a um, committed monogamous uh, relationship. I'd say like three or four months as long as I ever want to live in ambiguity. Can you can you compromise and live even longer until they're ready to pass the rose to you? Oh man, I guess you got to compromise in relationships, right? You are right, and I guess men. I do date predominantly men, but also I'm open to whatever. Uh, I guess men do like to chase, so I guess I should let men chase me. Do you like to chase? I think everybody likes like some element of the chase because it gives them like a bit of excitement. But I'm wondering, like, are you talking about the chase or are you talking about how long you feel comfortable being um, in this in-between space where it's not you're dating, but dating for a while and it's you want to uh, you want to lock it down. I guess I feel like part of the chase is them locking it down, and I never let them lock it down. I'm always like, "Hey, why don't you I'd let like them to lock? Know why where I yeah, stand. why don't you switch it up? Why don't you try to let them lock it down and let them take the lead? And just live in that ambiguity. All right, maybe I'll try that. Because what are you? What are you? What What are you craving? Monogamy is it sexual exclusivity? That's the thing. I will. I monogamy sounds delightful to me. Um, I think if I'm with someone for a while, I could do. I could be open. But I just got to be a little secure with things, just for a little bit. And you want to build the trust. You want to build the trust. Yes. But you feel like, but these guys feel like they're being rushed into a monogamous decision. Maybe, maybe I am rushing people. Maybe I am like, hey, let's figure this out. Maybe three months isn't long enough. Three months isn't that long. Like, like you got to get to know. It takes takes a while to get to know somebody. I guess you're right. But six months sounds so long. It's not though. I mean, it's September already. Wasn't it just January? It does feel like it was just January. You know. And now it is. It's sep- it's September 5th. I think it needs to take as long as the time that it needs to take. Mm. I don't know if it's three months or six months. I don't think there's an exact number to it. But I think, like, you have to uh, – it's good to communicate. It's good to communicate your needs. But uh, you don't want to push the other person away. Yeah, it's tough. I don't know. It's case by case. It is tough. And I've learned that I have an anxious attachment style, which is fun. Yeah. 
because I have abandonment issues, so I get anxious about people going away. Yeah. So I try to keep them close to me, and that drives them away. It's fun. Yeah. I want to be, beat yourself up about that stuff too much, though. So everybody has that kind of stuff, I think. No, mm-hmm. who, who has, like, a perfect attachment style. You know what I mean? I would, like, it's good that you're conscious of that, um, but uh, don't rush things. And try to, uh, I don't know, try to see how long you can go before you, you can check in. There's nothing wrong with communicating and checking in. Mm-hmm. But but I don't think people like ultimatums. I think like your partner wants to come to like their decision without feeling like they're pressured into coming to their decision. You mm-hmm. know. But also off the bat, why don't you when you first start dating them looking for maybe you should start dating older people. I don't know if you date older men or you date people your age or younger, but go older if you're looking for long term monogamy, because you're not gonna fight it from somebody in their twenties. Or even 30s. Oh, I can't date someone in their... You don't think I can find monogamy with someone in in their 30s? You can, but I think it's just harder. I think men in their 40s or 50s are going to be more um, into the idea of monogamy than a guy in their 30s. 50s? Old balls? I guess I'm I'm not far off from being 50, I guess. I guess I could date someone in their 50s. It just sounds so weird. Um, Well... I'm not saying that that's the answer. If it feels weird, don't do it. But you would get somebody, a guy in his 40s or 50s is going to be more into monogamy than a guy in his 20s and 30s. I, I think. I think you might be right. From how I felt in those decades and how my friend, my male friends behave in those decades, that's what I, that's what I've come to. Okay. I guess I'll expand the range to 50. I could date a 50-year-old. If it repulses you, don't do it. You know? It doesn't repulse me. I just, I, to me, someone who's 50 seems like someone who's like a real adult. And half the time, I don't feel like a real adult. I feel like I'm cosplaying a, an adult. I get that. <laughs> I feel like a child a lot of the time where I'm like, I don't know. What am I doing? Spending my money on stupid stuff? <laughs> Why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Here's another question, Eric. Okay. Yeah. Quick question. My boyfriend of almost three years sucks at telling his feelings until he's reached a breaking point, then just lays it all out. He says he's tried over 10 therapists when he was younger and hated them, and he couldn't do it. So now he hates therapy and won't try it again. Any advice on how to get this dumbass to therapy? Uh, It's hard to force people to therapy if they're stubborn. I don't know. It's like next to impossible. You could continue to bring it up to them as like a Hey, you should try this, but it has to come from within them. I agree. Uh, the only thing I can really think of that might help is like if you suggest couples therapy. Uh, so you could do like sessions. You have like a shared language to talk about like shit that's wrong. And then maybe that therapist will be like, hey, maybe you should get into individual therapy. And here's a recommendation. And then, you know, you can't force them, but maybe someone else saying it would be helpful. Yep. I agree with that. Eric, what advice do you have for me other than dating a little a little older? Do you have and then okay, so your advice so far is to wait a little bit, get to know people more before trying to lock them down, let them try to lock me down and date somebody older. What else you got? I'd start there. Uh maybe check in with their Check in earlier on to see if they're going to be the type of person that has um, common interests. If one of your interests is monogamy, I think you can um, sniff that out maybe earlier rather than later, so you're not setting yourself up for heartache. You know, mm-hmm. I would I would start there. Do you think I should just ask, like straight up, like, are you into monogamy? What are you into? Maybe not in such a direct way that it's going. Whoa, where are we going? But like, I, th- I think so. I think so. Like, I- I've asked like a gal on the first date, like, hey, do you want kids? And it's not to me, I'm not like, I never fit. Maybe that's a dumb, maybe that's a dumb thing to say. Maybe I'm, I'm not the person to give advice on, on this kind of stuff. But like, I didn't say it out of like, I want kids. Hey, you, do you want kids? Or we're not having a second date. I meant it more of like a philosophical like conundrum because it is. It's like, you like, it's more like chit chat that I would have with anybody, not just somebody I'm sitting across the dinner table with. Like, 
Because I find that interesting. I find people's answers interesting. So you could mm-hmm. like, you could pose it like that where it's like more of a philosophical question um, about their point of view and their worldview and less about like about you and them directly. I think that's good. Cause yeah, usually kids come up for like, I don't know, second, third date, maybe a first date. Uh, Cause I don't want them. So I like to let people know up front that yeah. it's super important to them. I think it's the same don't thing. Waste your time. I think it's the same thing. I think it's like up front. You're like, oh, monogamy is rad. I love it. I love building a trust with somebody. And to do that, I need sexual exclusivity. What do you think? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that. Don't say it like that. But <laughs> I need sexual exclusivity. And what are your thoughts on it, sir? You know, I don't know. Just check in with them so that you're not setting yourself up for heartache later. Mm, I think that's smart. Can I ask you a question? Okay. Do you remember your, like, very first girlfriend? Yeah. She was Jamaican. Roxanne. Oh, did you meet her in high school or was this after high school? Yeah, this is in ninth grade. She asked me out through a note. And then two weeks later, well, she broke up with me through a note. Ah, damn. And she asked me back out through a note. And I was like, And no. did you go back out with her? No, I was like, um, no, fuck you. You dumped me through a note. I'm not going back out with you. <laughs> <laughs> I do like her. I very like petty. her. Uh, she's, got a, she's got a whole system. She's very pretty and she's very sweet. I'll ask you out through a note. I'll break up with you through a note. Mm-hmm. Do you want to get married? Is that too personal of a question? No, it's not too personal. Yeah, I think so. Marriage is like not the big decision, though. I think big decision is kids. I think like, mm. you know, having a girlfriend is phase one. Moving in with your girlfriend is phase two. Whether you get married or not, I don't think it's a big, you know, if you want to have a celebration to sell it. If you want to have a celebration for your friends of Friends and family, you know, celebrating your love. I think that's super fun. Um, but I would probably like do that like last almost after like after you have kids. Mm-hmm. I used to think a wedding was like the most important. And I guess up until like maybe five or six years ago, I was like, oh, definitely. I definitely fucking want a wedding. Ooh, we invite all my friends, wear a big dumb dress. And now I'm just like, why? I don't need it as long as I like love this person. They love me and like we're cool. I don't. I don't need. Yeah, it's a waste of money. It's a waste of money unless you have like a mo- big chunk of money burning your burning a hole in your pocket. Like, mm-hmm. it's expensive. No, and if I had a big chunk of money burning a hole in my pocket, I'm buying a yacht, baby. Oh yeah, or put the money towards your house or your kids. You know, there's better ways to spend money, but or a I, yacht. I, I, I you know a yacht, but I understand wanting to. To want to do it sounds fun. I like weddings. Weddings are fun. Weddings are fun. I like going to them. I like getting a present for somebody. I like looking at their registry to be like, what's going to be in your house? Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, I don't think it's that important. I I just like want to live a, like a nice low key life with someone who loves me and I'm important to them and they're important to me and I'm their favorite person and they're my favorite person. Yeah. And we see into the sunset. That's all I want. I think you can find that. I think that's very doable. Thank you. I appreciate that. Do you have any other advice for me or listeners who are single looking for somebody? No, I think love yourself. Uh, Love yourself first so that you're ready to receive love. Do as much therapy as you can to be able to love yourself. And uh, do what you love and the love will come. And... um, yeah, you try to lean on your friends to set you up. Do the do all the apps, um, travel, put yourself out there. You're not gonna find a boyfriend or girlfriend sitting in your room staring at your computer. Uh, so get out there, do something active, whenever you can. Be social. Yeah, take the pressure off yourself whenever you can. Just live in the present moment. I think that's nice, good advice. Just live in the present moment, babe. Eric, thank you so much for doing this. Do you have anything you want to promote? Yeah, I got a new podcast called Bombing. It's out on uh, Big Money Players, iHeartRadio. And it's on Apple Podcasts and, I don't know, Spotify probably. And then uh, October 3rd, I kick off in Kansas City, but I'm also hitting Milwaukee, Chicago, Dallas, Houston, Detroit, Philadelphia, New York, and more before concluding in Oakland, California, December 16th. 
I'm going to be just destroying venues all across, <laughs> <laughs> all across America. That should be fun. And where can people go? Do you have a website? EricAndreTour.com. Ooh, hell yeah. Ooh, yeah. Thank you again for being here. And if you like this episode of Why Won't You Date Me, you can like it, you can rate it, you can subscribe, you can give me five stars on iTunes or whatever, or Apple Podcasts, I don't know, Spotify. And if you write me something nasty hitting on me to Why Won't You Date Me Pod... No, what is it? Why Won't You Date Me Podcast at gmail.com. I will read it out loud. This person said, I can't wait to see your show next month. And I have a proposal to enrich your trip. A next morning smash session with breakfast included. Oh, nom, nom, nom. I'll ram you with a massive strap on as I torture your clit with a Theragun until your juices get so creamy and frothy. Ew, ew, that I could scoop them out of a bowl. Then I'll tease and tickle your butthole till you snart, sneeze fart, and release a bunch of dingleberries for me to add to the cream. Ew. And to top it all off, I'll swoop on in with my big old mouth to pleasure you until you squirt. Then hold the bowl up to catch all that sweet topping. Bon appetit. That one was nasty. Okay. Bye bye. Wow. <laughs> that was incredible. Why Won't You Date Me with Nicole Byer is produced by me, Mars. It's executive produced by Adam Sachs, Nick Liao, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco with talent bookings by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Maddie Ogden. Got a question, crazy dating story, or a dirty message for Nicole? Write it to why won't you date me podcast at gmail.com for a chance to have it featured on a future show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode. Bye-bye. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, no, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious.